magical man. All right. Magic man. All right, let's do this. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we have the release month for Mandalorian Season 2! Woo! Oh, it's not this month. Don't be confused no. with the wording. Or we next just month. know the month. Yeah, we know it. We know. We'll let you know when it is. Uh, DC Comics is breaking the mold with their distribution model and company. Yes, and this is where Chris will later explain to me what that means. Yes, I gotta, I gotta do some learning here for Mike. <laughs> uh, Batwoman will not be recast. Ooh, this mm. is very interesting. And more. And more. And Chris is upright, but in a chair right now. You've been bending over all day, haven't you, Chris? Not uh, to be crass, but you've been bending oh, over. <laughs> I feel like I've been bent over. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, so this, as people may know, um, I, I think I talked a little bit last week, I am redoing my flooring. Um, and we uh, were going to um, lay the strip solid uh, uh, over the laminate in the kitchen, right? Because, you know, uh-huh. laminate's thin. It doesn't take up any space. Well, we started looking. The laminate was actually on a separate wood piece, which was then above the baseboards. So, um, which makes no... I, I get it. You, you can laminate without having to pull the laminate up, but that baseboard is under the cabinets. So, to tear this up, we had to figure out how to get it, uh, like the sections up from around everything and then <laughs> around the cabinets. So, uh, that was all day yesterday. So, I've just got a garage full of trash right now. Pieces of wood, nails, staples. Cleaned that up. And then today we started laying the actual flooring, Mike. And that's the son of a bitch. I wouldn't wish this <laughs> on my worst enemy, if I could be completely yeah, honest. Yeah, I'm very I'm very positive that, Chris, you're going to be very happy once it's all done. You're going to have a great new-looking floor. You're really going to appreciate it. It's going to increase the value of your home and actually just make you uh, have a more valuable asset. But I love to see you, um, I love to see you uh, torture yourself over this because as a non-homeowner, this just uh, makes me feel much better that I don't, I'm not currently doing any of this stuff. Of course, in the long run. You are in the better position, but seeing the pictures of you sending uh, sending me like your like destroyed kitchen, trying to get it back into repair, it's just like ah, I'm gonna go rollerblade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's the hardest part, as you also know, may have noticed last week. I uh, got rid of my desktop computer. I'm using a laptop and two monitors, and while my new one gets sent to me uh, later this month, so I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna escape, go learn some stuff, watch some how to do this on my my big computer. Oh wait, I don't have one. Um, so my house is in entire disarray. I don't know what world <laughs> I'm in. I don't know what day it is. I have like the biggest con- work convention that we put on all for every year this week. Uh, while we're also moving into a new building, and let me tell you, I, I don't know if I'm coming to get one, but you know, <laughs> thankfully every Sunday I can count on us being here with some bit of news and making it work out right. Yeah, well, we're talking about home repair. It's not on the same level of you, Chris. But this morning, I put up a curved shower curtain rod. So if anybody out there has shower curtains, I know a lot of people have like sliding shower doors. But if you have a shower curtain and you're looking for a little bit literal, more elbow room, 
put up a curved shower curtain. It gives you a little bit more room. Buy maybe a slightly heavier shower curtain, like the plastic one that protects the water from going out, and then maybe it won't attack you. I uh, That's like the one thing from Physics 101 I remember back in high school was like why the shower curtain attacks you. So if you oh, don't yeah. want that attacking you, get a curved shower curtain. You'll be good to go. I installed that this morning. And then uh, a new addition of the podcast here that will be stealth and silent. I finally got a new you office did. chair that's on really fancy uh, rollerblade-esque wheels. You can upgrade any office chair out there to rollerblade wheels. I highly recommend it. They move much smoother off of hardwood. They can they transition better from like tile to like carpeting to rugs. It's really great. And uh, there's a whole new chair on top of the wheels also. And I was on a long search for chairs. And I know uh, this might <laughs> drive other people crazy, uh, but I love getting into the weeds of basically everything. And man, there are so many weeds to uh, pluck through when you're looking for office chairs because there's like the matrix of options of chairs, Chris, is insane. Because not only do you have like, does the chair telescope? Does it uh, tilt? What kind of armrest do it has? Did the armrest come off? What kind of fabric is it? All these different things like uh, uh, drives me crazy, but also I love. So ultimately, after buying a chair, not liking it and returning it, I just found the exact same chair I have been sitting on for like eight years and I just re-bought it. So I was like, it's held up this long just fine. And I was actually pretty impressed because for a brief moment, I had the old chair Mm -hmm. uh, right next to the brand new chair. And after sitting on it for like so many years, I was surprised how much of it was just totally fine. I actually felt bad just like tossing it in the dumpster because I was like, a little bit of work into this. This could have been a fine chair. You know know how you get rid of that chair uh, and and ensure someone takes it, Mike? Put it on your bike rack. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll lock it up, and then somebody will come steal lock, it. Lock it on your bike rack because you know as soon as you do, someone's gonna come try to yeah. take it. Hence, while I'm in roller, why I am in rollerblades now and not a bike anymore because the bike was stolen a while ago. Yeah, I was so, I was there. I think wasn't that when I was visiting for San Diego? We found it was taken. I don't remember. It was around <laughs> the same time. I got yeah. footage. Head on over to my Instagram. I documented catching the thief on oh. camera. I don't. I don't know where the thief is now. Well, this is the one I helped because you sent the footage to me because I had a Windows oh. computer. To- oh yeah, it's just like so weird. Old software is so bizarre because the building manager was just like, "Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Here's uh here's the computer where all the footage goes. I'm gonna leave because it's in like this weird attached like garage next to the laundry room that's like hot as hell. And they're just like, I don't know what this software is, but here it is. And I got like, how do I click? around what is this i got to use all of the knowledge i have of all of the software i've learned over so many years to figure out how this works and then i finally like find the footage and hit the download button get it onto a flash drive and take it upstairs and it's like not even a file it's like an executable f- software that i had to send to you so you could download it onto your mm-hmm. windows pc and then it, it's just it was fun. Crazy. It was fun. Yeah, thankfully we had those resources to do that because <laughs> any other person would have just given up at that yeah. point. But long, long story short, you will not be hearing my creaky chair anymore. Chris always let me know every week that he never heard the creak. I didn't so hear if it. You ever heard the creak out there? It, it's 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 gone for good. Mike, so. I can't hear it over your outlandish theories and you know <laughs> mental gymnastics you do. So no, I'm uh, kidding. I'm I'm, kidding. A, I'm in a I'm in a comfy chair now and it's great. It moves like I said. It's got these wheels that move everywhere, so it can very easily transition in front of my TV when I play video games. Yes, exactly. Well, we'll talk about video games, but before we do, I, before I I want to give a shout out to a listener, Patrick. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in my wedding. You remember Patrick uh, for giving us a shout out this week? Uh, or, uh, he texted me personally and said, "You know, hey, good job doing all the news, even though there's no news." 
pretty much out here, and and, and I appreciate that. And then I'm well, that's what that. happens. Uh, we talk about office chairs when we're yeah. in between and, the news. It sounds like. And the only the only reason I bring that up is because uh, he he may be like, why did you say this? But his wife, uh, they had their first child uh, this week as well, last week. So uh, uh, congratulations, congratulations to them, and uh, hopefully, yeah, it seems everybody's doing all right. But his wife put it on Facebook today so, or this weekend, so I figured it was good enough. It was, it was, it was time to tell people. So yeah, uh, uh, good luck shout with out, that. Uh, yeah, shout out to him and shout out to uh, Sean Bowman, our mm-hmm. uh, our number one YouTube commenter, <laughs> yeah. who's uh, who's uh, uh, back from the the grave. I don't know where he was, but yeah, now wow. he's uh, wow. he's back in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he took he took a break. He had uh, he he was tired of us and went and did something else and. Uh, he had to save up that money to buy that release the Snyder Cut banner. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right, back to video games. The PlayStation Days of Play sale is going on. It's like a two-week kind of thing that they do every summer, and these deals are hot, Mike. These are half-off deals on most of these big games. Um, I'm going to tell you what I bought. Okay. I bought Everybody's Golf VR, so <laughs> golfing in VR. All right. Um, which is it's been fun. Hey, when you can't go outside during a pandemic, uh, you gotta get your golf in somehow. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very arcadey too, so it's not serious. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't make those putts yet, though. Um, I bought Fire. Uh, it's, it's not Fire Team Bravo. It's like something, something. Watch. It's a Call of Duty but VR kind of thing. So it's online multiplayer. Uh-huh. And then lastly, uh, what was the other game? I bought another VR game. I bought three. Oh, um, it's called Blood and Truth. Have you ever seen the movie Snatch? Snatch, uh, like familiar, a guy, but I've never seen it. Like a Guy Ritchie mm-hmm. movie, uh, but in, in VR. It's like that, but in VR mode. So um, oh, there's a right. demo. <laughs> there was a demo disc, a demo VR game where you um, you play gangsters and you're like breaking in like this jewel heist thing. It's pretty much they took that demo and turned it into a full game, which was really cool. Oh, cool. So, so I, I bought those half off, but you know we're we're we cover superhero games. So the biggest one, Spider-Man Game of the Year, uh, full game, all the DLC, twenty bucks right now. If you want that, that's uh, a good deal. I mean, I think just a DLC alone was like twenty dollars. It was. Uh, it's. It's. I think it's like twelve or thirteen for the DLC if you already have the game right now. Um, so you can get that Lego Marvel games. All of them are under ten dollars. So uh, those can last you hours of of entertainment. Um, especially if you have family, your friends, kids. Uh, they're they're easily two player, uh, split screen. Uh, Arkham Knight I think was four dollars for the latest Batman Arkham game, the last one. And uh, Injustice Two was also under ten dollars. So if you're looking to get your superhero games on, I love that. And I love the Injustice franchise because whenever I need to uh, look up images for the podcast to Photoshop, uh, Injustice is always a great place to find like character models that kind of look somewhat realistic. Like, oh, if we last week when we we're talking about like Dark Side, it's like, oh, I need a good high resolution picture of Dark Side that's not from a comic book. Uh, just go to the Injustice game. Somebody's <laughs> already modeled it. So uh, if you want to see those uh, figures fighting in real life. Uh, Injustice too. Yeah, it's got a good story too. I enjoyed the first one, the second one. They even came out with like five volumes or five years, year one, two, three, four, five of like to fill in all the blanks. So it was, it's a mm-hmm. it's a pretty good alternative universe if you're looking for for something for that. Um, but sadly, because of all the work I've been doing lately, Mike, I haven't got to watch anything um, long form. But last night, I decided uh, while I was uh, resting from the work I did, recovering, uh, to turn on Tron Legacy. And have you ever Ooh. watched Tron Legacy? 
I've seen it, I think I've seen it twice. I don't recall most of the watchings because it was a while ago, mm-hmm. but I remember the the movie visually looks great. Obviously, the soundtrack is, is amazing, but I think the, the story leaves you wanting a little bit. Well, so what I noticed is uh, after watching the um, Tron uh, prop culture episode is what kind of really brought me into this. Mm-hmm. Um, was you know I, I remember watching the original Tron and I asked my wife. Um, she's like, oh, I remember Tron Legacy. I don't remember a lot about it. I'm like, okay, well, have you ever seen the first one? She's like, no. I'm like, well, this one makes absolutely no sense if you've not seen the first one, <laughs> uh, uh, because uh, you've got a, you know, a guy who's like a adrenaline junkie who's like sticking to the man of his like dad's company and these, these rich people, and then he like gets sucked into this Tron world, and it looks beautiful, like visually amazing movie, but like it makes no sense if you've not seen the first one at all. And I think what was really um, a, a missing thing here is the character Clue, which is essentially young Jeff Daniels. Not Jeff Daniels, uh-huh. Jeff uh, Bridges. Bridges. Um, who, um, you know, if you watch the the, the, the facial uh, aging doesn't work so well, uh, it's something about the mouth. It's the, yeah. always it was, the upper lip. That yeah, they weird. were unfortunately just a little before the yeah. time of making actors younger. Uh, well, that, this was, I think, right after Captain America was young for his whole movie, so... Um, the the first one, but either way, I I think it was a fun thing. I love the soundtrack, and I really noticed this time how much it borrows from the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he actually goes into the digital world. You have uh, um, Michael Sheen playing some crazy, uh, I guess, clubkeeper dude, and all the the agents quote unquote agents look the same throughout the whole thing. It, it's quite quite the uh, the Matrix parallel here, which was which was interesting with the Matrix what four coming out shortly. But I would love to see a, a Tron follow-up, a third Tron, to really close this this series. But I, I had a good time with it, and I always remember soundtrack was banging. Soundtrack's always banging, so very banging. Put that on there. <laughs> I think it's on. It might be on Disney Plus. Is where I watched it. Oh yeah, I feel like it's got it. If it's not on Disney Plus, it's be got to be due to some sort of like streaming yeah, rights contract that's but, yet to be uh, expired. But uh, be- beautiful, beautiful movie. I'd recommend it if you haven't seen. It. But also watch the first Tron if you can. I know it's on Disney Plus. Um, but the other stuff I watched that we're going to talk about later, but Mike always kick our, kick our week off with your corn stream corner room. Come on down to the corn stream corner and we'll kick it off with what Chris was just mentioning. I finally watched a couple episodes of prop culture. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad to see Tron legacy up here because the first episode I watched was the Tron episode. I believe episode one is Mary Poppins, which I'm sure it's great. I'm sure that movie is full of a lot of amazing props. Uh, but I did not grow up watching Mary Poppins, so uh, my wife is a little bit more connected to it than I am, so we might sit down and maybe oh, watch that episode. I, but I watched uh, the Tron episode, and that was really uh, that was really great, man. Yeah, well, it's fun because the whole I mean, the whole point of this, every episode, not not nearly episodes, some of the episodes they actually do res- restoration of props, mm-hmm. and, and this guy's kind of guiding that. I don't know if they're already pre-planned or, or what, um, but the sign for Flynn's was really cool to see at the end of that, and... and and the the direct the director was just so cool for Tron like that. Oh that, yeah, to go back to him to see how he's like working on a wooden lathe now, and he's he, like he like hates technology. Yeah, or he absolutely hates technology. He's like, nah, I'm good, man. So that's that's fun. I'm glad you're catching. Did what other? Did you see any other ones? You said a couple other. Uh, ones? well, the another thing that I was really surprised to see there. This was just total happenstance. We, you know, it was just a few hours ago we watched these episodes, uh, but last night we were looking for a new franchise to start watching because you know we had done the uh, Infinity War Endgame rewatch, and obviously there's plenty of other Marvel movies we can go back on. Nah, and just before that, <laughs> just before that, we watched uh, all the Harry Potter movies. Uh, so we're like, oh, what's another franchise we can watch? And uh, my re- wife. 
uh, is a big fan of Johnny Depp, so we decided to watch uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. So last night we watched the very first ep- the very first movie, and I already told her I was like, once we get about halfway through the second one, my attention span's gonna fall off because the the movie's decline in quality like so fast, unfortunately. But the first film is just so good. Everything about it's great. There's a lot of really awesome like storytelling moments that like filmmakers can learn from because you learn everything that you need to know about all of the main characters in their very first scene. Uh, much like uh, Jack Sparrow, you know everything you need to know about him before he even says his first line, and his first line even like reinforces his character even more. So lots of really cool um, uh, filmmaking uh, tips you can tips and tricks you can take away from it. But I was so happy to see that Pirates of the Caribbean: uh, Curse of the Black Pearl was one of the prop culture episodes, and that one was really fun to watch. So it's funny because I watched that, and then I went back, and this week I think it was on in the background was Curse of the Black Pearl. So uh-huh. we have both watched that this week to get that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's just such a good yeah. it's such a good movie. Um I just was remembering back to when the movie came out. I believe it was 2003. Yeah. I think ish. when the film came out and I was just thinking, yeah, back then there wasn't a whole lot of big movie franchises. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't the Hollywood's directive to make the franchise. You know, uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean, I feel like was kind of riffing off maybe the success of The Mummy from previous years before it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I also thought it was pretty funny that the, the third Mummy movie came out 2008 when uh, Iron Man came out. So it's almost kind of like letting that franchise die and starting this uh, brand new franchise that would take over the world so it was just crazy like going back then and watching this movie that was intended to be a standalone film and then you hear the news like maybe a few months or a year later that they're making another pirates movie and you're like holy crap they're making another one of these so and they made two back to back they did the matrix yeah. on us it was just a it was just a different time back then, uh, uh, even though it seems somewhat recent. So, man, prop culture, I would totally well, recommend it. Uh, good. I good. like the. I think I liked the uh, the weird, really weird thing about these Disney documentaries, these Disney Plus documentaries, is you have unlimited access. It is so cool every time they go to the Disney archives and they reunite like these artists with like these old matte paintings that they did that they haven't seen in 30 years or they go to the office of like this um, of these artists that did concept art and they still have all the original paper and it's just so crazy. But then also on the other hand, since it's a Disney controlled documentary, you never really get any of the kind of drama that sometimes you're looking for in a documentary. But luckily, since it's just about props, you know, there's usually not a whole lot of drama around props so yeah it's just it, it's well, an interesting kind of angle when you're watching it, a disney documentary well i wouldn't i don't know if it's a documentary i think it's more like a historical show like this yeah is, i mean yeah i mean that's a good way to put it too i think I, to me it feels more like a historical show because i i know you didn't watch the first one the mary poppins and i you know i'm not a big fan of it either like it's not my, my go-to but like um you learn uh, i mean just spoiler alert but like there's a piano in Walt Disney's office where he wrote the like they wrote, would play the music for that movie to, like as they were working on it, mm-hmm. and only one person gets to play that piano ever now since he died. Oh wow! And you get to find out who that is and what they what they do with it. So it's really cool. Um, yeah, some of the history cool. of Disney that you, you get in there as well. Yeah, I so. think next up on the list, I definitely want to watch the Nightmare Before Christmas one mm-hmm. because that's got to be that's got to be props head to toe. The entire movie is a moving prop, so yeah. very looking forward to that one. And it's been so long since I've seen Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I noticed that that's an episode, yep. so I was like, well, that's just going to drive me right back to watching Honey I uh, Shrunk the Kids first. So. <laughs> Yeah, very uh, easy recommend. You recommend it to me, so now it'll be a double recommend. Go watch Prop yeah. Culture on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's sure. good. 
Yeah, and yeah. I've been I've been interspersing that in the Mandalorian documentary throughout the week. Just to oh yeah, to I've been up. I've been I've been catching up on that too. Uh, so uh, man, a lot of great yeah. stuff. Well, but anyway, what what have you been watching that I've not been watching? Yes, next up on the list is uh, we just mainline binge this from start to finish. They have 19 episodes out right now. The mm-hmm. 20th episode or the last episode of the second season will be dropping this week on Hulu, and it's what we do in the shadows. Uh, this one is a super easy recommend. Everybody out there loves the show i'm surprised it took us this long to watch it we watched the pilot originally i i think maybe about a year ago and then you know just other things started happening we never got around to watching it again but uh, it's so fun it's a fun world to be in trying to see um where they want to take like these vampires what what things they want to play with what real world scenarios do they want to throw these old world characters into um they're familiar by the name of guillermo is my favorite character because he's just so earnest he just very much wants to be a vampire and it's just a funny relationship he has with the vampires in the house but I just thought I, it seems obvious. I thought everybody knew this, but what we do in the shadows is based off of a film that yep. Taika Waititi directed in New Zealand. Well, and I was surprised that people didn't know that because we were talking to a, a friend recently who was also a big fan of the show and had no idea well, the original movie that, existed. That's that what I surprised. always ask. Everyone's like, Oh, have you seen the show? I'm like, no, have you seen the movie? Like what movie? I'm like, yeah, the whole just, thing I'm, started with the movie. That's where this came from. Yeah, um, Chris, have you have you watched the? I'm show not going to watch the show yet. No, I, but but okay. I can. I've seen the movie, so it's, it's one well, of those kind of things. Well, there you go. You will be rewarded, uh, just like me and my wife were. Where I believe it's the second season. I've kind of lost the thread since I've watched them all in a row now. But you do get to see some familiar faces. Good. Uh, return from the movie, which is really really great. So you will be rewarded for doing uh, for doing your homework on what we do in the shadows. So uh, this is one of the benefits of a giant conglomerate buying another giant conglomerate that we get FX shows airing the next day very seamlessly on Hulu. So go check out what we do in the shadows on Hulu right now. Um, and this is a show, the next show we've been watching for a little bit now, since we're all, we're in a quarantine, we're stuck at home, we're stuck at home, you kind of need a show that you can kind of just mainline, throw on in the background, kind of half pay attention to, but also still enjoy. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can stream this. It's it's, it's the middle. It's a yep. it's like a it's a family sitcom that was a, it's already gone its course. I think it went nine seasons in all. So there's a whole lot to watch. It, but but uh, I think me and Chris would connect with it maybe more than most because it's set in uh, Indiana. Yeah. It's then a, this is <laughs> I think um it was it was on I remember it was on air before the Goldbergs when the Goldbergs first came off. So like mm-hmm. you can watch the Goldbergs. The middle uh, was it Modern Family? I think it's on that like that block of. A family yeah. comedy because it, it, it's about a family. There's three kids. I remember the girl with the the braces always comes to mind when I think of the show. <laughs> yes, it's a uh, it follows the Heck family. Uh, the father is the is the illustrious janitor from Scrubs. I, I can't remember his name, oh, but I love that guy. Rest in peace. He's passed recently. Oh, oh no, the janitor from I, Scrubs. Was it not the janitor? The, I thought not it was. the lawyer. You're thinking oh. the lawyer. Oh, from I don't Scrubs. know. I didn't watch Scrubs. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, the janitor from Scrubs. Very much, I believe, still alive. Uh, Patricia Heaton, who played the wife on Everybody Loves Raymond, and then the kids. I don't know who the heck the kids are. They're all new actors. Uh, but it's it's a it's a really nice, just fun family show. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's pretty, con- I would say it's fairly consistent to, so I, I don't think I've really witnessed any up or down seasons yet, yet kind of it 
being on in the background. So if you just need something to watch, go uh, go check out The Middle. I believe it's actually not even on Amazon Prime. Amazon owns IMDb, and I think technically The Middle is on IMDb Streaming, which is part of Amazon, so you can just watch it through Prime. There's like commercials, because you can't get it without commercials, which is weird, but there's only like two commercials. Uh, so it's it's really short. It's the it, uh, it's it's a sign that I'll recommend a show even if you have to watch a couple commercials to well, sit through it. So. I will tell you right now, it's on Prime Video, whatever that means. One season is IMDb TV has nine seasons. So yeah, so you you will have to sit through uh, <laughs> maybe a couple uh, car commercials here or there. Mike is so upset by this, uh, but it, it's a good show. It's nice. It's pleasant. And it's I'll also kind of like to see the the Indiana um, the Indiana yeah. stuff that they put in there. Uh, they do their research because, uh, like you know, growing up in Indiana, uh, every TV show and movie you ever watched growing up called it the DMV. In Indiana, it's called the BMV. And I, I do was that. Like, What's the difference? <laughs> I do that all the time. Like going to the BMV. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like. The Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Yeah, that, we don't have a department in Indiana. It's a bureau. Yeah, yeah they're like, you mean the DMV? I'm like, I don't care what it is. I'm going to get my yeah. license. Yeah, like, I, did get, I had to get used to it when I moved out here yeah. to the West Coast. It's all Ds out here. No Bs. It's probably the same in Kentucky. I'm just, I just, have, I just don't care enough <laughs> to deal with it. But yeah. the last show is what everybody's Ooh. watching. I've heard about this about 10 times this weekend. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what you've been hearing, but uh, it's... Uh, it wasn't very well received in our household, and that is Space Force, which I believe landed on Netflix maybe about two weeks ago. <laughs> I think I'm about a week late to the party here, but we decided to check it out. Space Force, which is from Greg Daniels and Steve Carell, so they're both credited as show creators, but you'll know Greg Daniels from previous successes like The Office, and he did many other successful sitcoms, and he's also recently put out an original uh, show on Amazon Prime called Upload that he has sold creatorship over there's no co-partnership there so the show upload i've seen a lot of people have a lot of positive receptions to on amazon prime it's getting very good rotten tomato reviews people really like the show but unfortunately uh he's 0 for 2 in 2020 in our household because we watched the pilot for upload and we also watched the pilot for space force and you you could hear a pin drop in the apartment we did not laugh at all and it's just I don't know what it is. I've I've seen some people out there have enjoyed parts of it. Uh, I think Space Force is being uh, received a little bit more poorly than Upload has been. But I don't know oh. what's going on with Greg Daniels. I don't know what's going on out there. But I did not like any I, of these shows. <laughs> I have only heard good things about Space Force. You're the first person who said anything. Bad Ooh, in, man, in you should. Uh, there's the there's some hot takes out there for sure. If you go check out the ratings, I mean, obviously critics are going to critique, and you can take or, or leave uh, their reviews if you want. But the critics are not enjoying Space Force very much. I didn't really like the pilot that much uh, at all. No laughs. There's a lot of talent in it. But, I mean, just like, why am I going to watch a comedy if, if the jokes aren't hitting? So I don't really know what to do in the age of streaming when there's so much competition and I can just easily move on to something else. Because at the same time, I believe Greg Daniels also worked on Parks and Rec. I'm sure somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. But Parks and Rec also has a very rough start. And I would tell people to just hold on for a few episodes. Episodes and then it gets really good. So I feel like I'm being slightly a hypocrite here telling people to hold on for Parks and Rec, but who knows if Space Force gets better. But some people out there who put more time into it also said that, you know, it doesn't really change that much. So that's my corn stream corner there. Uh, two, uh, three hits and one miss for me. So that's where I'm at right now in the pandemic, Chris. Well, that's good. I mean, 
I'd rather be doing that than what I'm doing. I'm just I'm just <laughs> sore and, and miserable. It's probably going to carry over through this because I'm just I'm beat, my friend. I am beat. So let's get into I this. Will, I will carry you, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'm going to need it. So some other content people are, are, are looking forward to is The Last of Us. And this is going to be a double whammy here, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, uh, they are making a show on HBO, supposedly, uh, yes. when, when, when production starts again. Uh, and they've got uh, Johan, Johan Rink, who uh, worked on Chernobyl to direct the pilot. So an HBO alum uh, to work on an HBO uh, show. Here. Yeah, which makes a whole lot of sense because the showrunner for The Last of Us is going to be Craig Mazin, who was the showrunner for Chernobyl. So yeah. makes it makes a lot of sense that he's reaching out to his uh, friends and other people that he's worked with to work on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to take a moment to say I was actually really shocked that Craig Mazin is also a creative or slash consulting producer on the show I recommended uh, last week. Uh, which was uh, Mythic Quest. And uh, towards the end of the season, he actually has a role in the show. He's, he has a character that he plays, goes by the name of Lou, and he even shows up in the special uh, quarantine 10th um, episode that they generated. So uh, this is a, this is really the year for Craig Mazin, for sure. And I was actually, I was having, a, I was uh, plotting, I was having some shower thoughts uh, earlier today, thinking about this. Uh, and this, is, uh, this has got to be the best chance that a video game franchise has ever had to really break through uh, the normal wall and hit consumers that never play video games before. Because obviously it's a good bet to bet on the crew that made Chernobyl, because if it wasn't Fleabag at the Emmys last year, Chernobyl won every other award. It was basically going back and forth between Fleabag and Chernobyl for all the awards at the Emmys. So if you're going to bet on a team of people to produce a drama, you know, it's probably going to be the people that made Chernobyl. On top of that, Chernobyl is technically kind of an adaptation it's an adaptation of history so you're working off things that have already happened a story that's kind of already been created and finding a way to craft it and i would imagine the last of us tv show is going to be very similar the uh the story's already there it's been created you know how do you adapt it best for a television audience and also, after just finishing the uh, Call of Duty campaign over the last week, waiting for the next season of uh, Warzone to drop, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't remember exactly how many hours it took me to finish, but you know, I would probably say maybe roughly what ten to twelve hours. Does that sound about right yeah. for maybe like a first-person shooter? Yeah, eight, eight to ten. I mean, the the thing with uh, Call of Duty is, is very episodic, and you probably yes. got like literally, you know, when when one ends, the next one begins, and you're in a different place, and you're probably a different character, and it's like yeah, it's like an episode of a show, pretty much. Every yeah, time. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, The Last of Us being on HBO, I got to imagine it's going to be at least eight episodes, possibly ten. You know, like some of the earlier Game of Thrones stuff was there. So the episodic stuff is already built in and then also like I mentioned before being a consulting producer on a video game show I've listened to Craig Mazin's podcast before and he very affectionately talks about playing video games and the game Last of Us so everything's got it going here for this but then Chris you always crawl into the back of my head and remind me that we've yet to see (laughs) anything from Naughty Dog properly adapted to screen so Hopefully, uh, you know, we have the next game out on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, once that's out there in the world, I believe the show is really going to start kicking its tires and really get into the production. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, if anything can get production, you know, maybe we may be in pre-production for a couple of years on this, you know, to be to be completely honest. I mean, um, the, the Last of Us 2 Part 2 is coming out um, this uh, summer, actually this month, June 19th. We're like, what, two yeah. weeks away now? Yeah, like Less, a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is crazy because this game had some major leaks a couple a month or two ago. 
Ooh, um, very, very hard to Google this <laughs> for the podcast. I was just like, I was skimming through lots of stuff really yeah. fast. Um, and I've never played the first game, but I know that the Nadia company is currently not on good grounds with a lot of people. So we'll see, again, if how they handle video game adaptations. This will be interesting to see if Last of Us hits before the Halo show does, that they've been working on <laughs> Showtime for, what, three, four years yeah, now? That would be interesting um, to see them go head-to-head. But... At the same time, if the new Halo comes out this fall on Xbox, I could see them, they've actually probably done a lot of this and we just don't know it yet. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, I assume if the Halo show, if anything, is going to rival the Mandalorian in terms of production, like, money spent, it's probably going to be that kind of show. Yeah, um, I could see, I could see, a, there's there's always got to be a lot of money, I feel like, putting to any sort of video game property because, I mean, a video game is a lot like a, an animated movie or TV show. You can go anywhere, design anything, program anything, so yeah. when you take that live action, there's a lot of money that has to follow well, up. Well, right? and all the aliens are not very um, human-like, <laughs> so yeah, you've got no to really craft be, those. No, yeah, no one's going to be suiting up to play, uh, what's the... Yeah, what, is that what they're called? Well, there's the elites and there's grunts and there's jackals and you know. I brutes. thought the, I thought the, I thought there was like an overarching term for all of the well, aliens. The, the group is called the Covenant. But Covenant, it, yeah, but yeah, it's a, it a blend of alien cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who play Halo, you know. So I mean, Last of Us is is on the horizon. They've got a good team here. Hopefully, again, it holds through and 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 gets to to fruition. HBO, do do yourself a huge service, a huge favor. If you have a PlayStation, go on their marketplace, or if you have the ability to go into a store, order something online, get the get the Last of Us. Uh, you can get a remastered version, uh, the first one, part one. Play it. It's great. It's an amazing story. My wife, who usually doesn't enjoy video games that much, enjoyed just watching me play it because the story is like so narrative and so engaging and so much fun uh, that you're gonna. It's gonna feel amazing to roll right off of that experience right into the next game that is nearly skipping a generation. Because uh, The Last of Us Part Two, I believe it's already rated for the PlayStation 5. So you're going to have such a huge uh-huh. graphical improvement from the first two games. It'll be quite the experience. Well, I think a lot of the games, um, if, if my understanding is from what I heard, read this week, every PlayStation game after a certain date, if it's made for PlayStation 4, also has to work on the PlayStation 5. I don't think it's an upgrade. I think it's like a a backwards compatibility thing um, yeah, to ensure that. I so we'll, that we'll, we'll see how that... That handles, but the last of us on the horizon. But I've been watching a lot of HBO Max this week, Mike. This has been my turn it on, find something good, and put it on there. And one of my favorite shows I've been watching is Looney Tunes. Oh, and, I'm so glad you brought it up because I watched a couple too. Yeah, and apparently Looney Tunes and Elmo's Not Too Late Show are the are the most popular shows on the streaming service right now. Um, I, which, I'm, which is I'm great. surprised it's not. I'm surprised it's not Friends. I wonder if maybe are they saying it's the most popular originals? Because I gotta could imagine be, Friends is up there. <laughs> they said Looney Tunes in general. I saw several that were Looney Tunes, and then one that was actually like Elmo. So it could be original, but it could be the old Looney Tunes as well. Because you mm-hmm. can set those on. Those are what three to five minutes. Um, so a, a, a hit for a Looney Tunes show is 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 like what um, you can get f- four of those five of those in one friends yeah. episode count mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the ratio may be higher on that but i i was interested i didn't notice this i watched a lot but apparently elmer fudd and yosemite sam uh, cannot have guns in the new episodes yeah it's interesting that you brought this up because i came across this discourse a little bit on my twitter feed today because i follow a lot of animators in the industry and one of them who actually worked on the show was talking about this yeah saying uh he thinks it's a little ridiculous that some people are getting so indignant that they're 
cartoon character can't be running around with a gun because, you know, they think that's so integral to his character. And he made a point to say, as somebody who literally was animating these characters and writing these characters, saying that, like, you run out of gags so quickly with a character with a gun. There's only so many things that you can do. And they said it was very freeing to have the restriction because there's so many new things that you can do. There's so, like, this is one of the things of being a creative person. Being put in a box sometimes seems like a restriction, but sometimes it seems like, okay, well, now I need to get creative because I have these I have these limitations. And they were also talking about, they were working on these episodes back in 2017, and they said the, the yeah. mass shooting in Vegas had just happened, and nobody out there wanted to touch any sort of guns at all because people were just mowed down like from a building in Vegas at a concert. Like, it was a, like as much gun violence as yeah. happens in this country, you kind of forget that these things even happen. So uh, if I can find that, if I can find that uh, Twitter thread, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll share it and put it in the show notes because I think it puts a lot of it into perspective and it's just like like you know these are like cartoons like if if a character's entire identity is tied to a gun that wasn't a very good character to begin with you know so people well, need to be able to be separate from their props you know? and I don't know if you know something I, mean, I didn't notice it you know until I saw I saw the same thing you did um, it, it was oh. an article I think it was more of an interview I saw it in more than the Twitter feed but it could have been the original but like I was like I didn't even notice they didn't have guns like I've not once noticed at all because i was like oh yeah because the old ones are on there as well and they do have the guns still it's not like uh, they're not doing the et thing where they photoshop out the guns because you know the classic duck season wabbit season episode um daffy gets shot quite a bit in the face uh yeah and i mean that episode's still there and if you really like it you know you don't want them to go back and just redo it do the same stuff over again so yeah, I saw the uh, Yosemite Sam one with the arm wrestling one, and I thought mm-hmm. that was actually really funny. Like, and I'm actually overall just really surprised with Looney Tunes because you know I kind of thought maybe that these these cartoons would kind of be you know out of time. You know, this type of humor was really popular back then, and you know would audience really resonate with it? You know, current day because even myself growing up, I don't think I really gravitated towards the Looney Tunes that much because the Looney Tunes were even old for me when I was a kid. I wanted to watch like the new cartoons and you know anime was starting to be really popular so i wanted to watch this kind of more adult mature stuff but you know even now like i'm really enjoying these uh these looney tunes cartoons so yeah go give them a try and you know you're not gonna miss any sort of giant the gun wasn't even realistic to begin with it looked like a freaking trumpet at the end of a trigger so it's like it wasn't even realistic to begin with so i i don't mind losing it oh no yeah and like i said again the if you notice that much, you're obviously looking for a reason to complain, not uh-huh. not it. Because I, again, there's some there's stuff in there I really enjoy. Again, just to go on, that they stuck to the classic versions of the characters rather than the modernized versions of like Bugs Bunny uh-huh. or Daffy. Like even Bugs Bunny has yellow gloves. I don't know if you noticed the color choice on his gloves. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm I'm having a really good time with these. I, I I know the voices don't match up with the originals, but you know. We don't have yeah. the one guy doing all the voices anymore. Yeah. So and and of course the violence yeah. is still there. I mean, in the very first short, when you see Daffy and Porky yep. go uh, exploring through this temple, there's this whole extended gag where Porky's like getting lit on fire, getting squashed, and dropping through pits. And every time he returns with like a cast and he's in a wheelchair, it's actually a really funny gag. Like at that point is what really sold me. Like, oh, this is really funny. Yeah. So, yeah. There's there's nothing missing there. There, if, if anything, they're just making something new and fun for a new generation yeah. so yeah. yeah go check out looney tunes on hbo max good i'm glad you're on board i'm glad my recommendation last week didn't fall on on deaf ears yep. uh but that kind of art style and that that animation style of the old looney tunes is not the only thing i don't know if, if you're familiar with the game cuphead that came out a couple of years ago 
uh, mm-hmm. the hand-drawn um, 40s, 50s. Cuphead, Cuphead's getting an animated show on Netflix. Exactly, and I guarantee mm-hmm. it's going to be the same style. But even Pokemon is jumping in on this Looney Tunes-style art with their newest Poketunes, um, which even I think the title card is like a Merry Melodies card. Like, it's unabashedly mm-hmm. the same thing. And it's like, um, yeah, the the first one here is it's got a character, in, uh, a Pokemon named Scraggy, who's eating beans that are falling out of a truck. And it's literally the same kind of style. And I'm like... This is this is too on the nose, really. It feels just like a little Looney Tunes <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, I watched the short, and uh, watching the short right after watching these brand new Looney Tunes, I was like, uh, maybe they could put a little bit more effort into this uh, short, because especially in the in the very vibrant world of uh, Pokemon, you only get two Pokemon in this mm-hmm. whole short. You well, get this one that I've never heard of, and then you get one that kind of looks like Pika, like a Pikachu sock, which I know is an actual Pokemon. Yeah, the it's like some sort of car- Yeah, it's somebody that tries to look like another Pokemon. But I was just like, I was just kind of scrubbing through it. I was like, there's no. No other Pokemon in this well, whole short. Well, I think this is a series that's coming out, and these are the first two, so there's going to be like one per Pokemon for a while. We'll see, but they do need a little more. And I don't think they have there's any dialogue in them. I think it's all voice or all music mm-hmm. and, and sound. So it was interesting uh, for that. But I also ha- want to use this opportunity to bring up that Pokemon Go, which was an you know, integral part of my wedding, Mike, if you remember, mm-hmm. will soon yep. allow a remote raiding with friends. The big the big gym leaders, like the big Pokemon, you have to team up to take down. Uh, mm-hmm. I can now invite you to play with me remotely through the game uh, shortly. So, well, I guess that's one way. I'm, I'm sure they've seen a huge user base drop, um, or at least a lot less walking. What was go? <laughs> a lot less, a lot less, a lot less eggs hatched uh, during uh, quarantine. That's for sure. Yeah. So it, it's definitely done that. So I think this is you know allowed them or not allowed them or maybe sped up some of their um, feature uh, releases to allow this non um, social world for a social game so Mm -hmm. i thought that was interesting but speaking of video games yet again mike because we're in all we got's video games right now uh star wars the new uh game from star wars is looking to be announced on june 9th as of right now uh ea's play was originally june 11th but it was pushed back to the 18th so this date may change and it looks to be uh the rumored pro uh, we've talked about this before project maverick which is a space combat game for Star Wars, like a little okay. indie game, like a, not a huge game like the the Jedi Fallen Order, but more of a, a smaller you know space combat kind of game, which I think would be really cool because again we've had the remakes of uh, the Starfighter games and the pod racing games, so maybe that studio's like, hey, here's some assets we've been playing with, you know, use them on your remasters. Yeah, who knows? Like I said, it's all about 3D models. I'm sure it's very easy to find 3D models of any sort of Star Wars stuff and just oh, yeah. hand it over to a programmer. Make me a fly-in game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, if it's like an affordable, like a $30 game, I'd probably try it. I wouldn't pay $60 for a, a short-run flight game. I'm not... I would say it would be cool if it was like a VR flying game, but the last time I played a VR flying space game, it made me motion sick and I had to lay down on the couch for like an hour, so maybe I'm not begging for an X-Wing game, you know? Well, the um, they actually have that in in Star Wars Battlefront for PlayStation. If you buy it, it comes with a X-Wing VR game. Uh, uh, Just a level, just one level, but you play the X-Wings in it, and it's really, really cool. Actually. That's going to make me puke. Uh, it's, it's not too bad queasy. because you're in space. You don't have any ground to worry about. And I, I'm real bad about motion sickness. So um, you can give it a try. If you if you find that game cheap, it might be on the, the days of play sale. I don't know. Yeah, so, maybe. I'll, I'll take a look. So we'll check that out. Speaking of Star Wars, Mike, we love Star Wars. We've been talking about it you know, forever. The Mandalorian Season 2. Jon Favreau was at uh, ATX this weekend or whatever it is. ATP. There's some sort of convention going on, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could be online only. I didn't. I didn't look into it too much. But he confirmed that season two will be out this October, one year later. 
from the first one. So no delay on that release. Probably all post production. They uh-huh. they got that season one done pretty pretty secretly. Uh, so I assume they were working on season two immediately after season one was done. Yeah, I think they got really lucky just with timing. It seems like they got a lot of their uh, on-set stuff done before the virus really kind of took over. Uh, You know, my wife works in the industry, so she's been uh, following a lot of the news with uh, productions opening back up in very limited capacities. She's chatted with some people that have told her that they think maybe some things will start filming again in September. Obviously, there's been big headlines like uh, the Batman and Avatar have kind of kicked production back up, but they have to go into like these mandatory quarantines for a couple weeks and like the whole like units kind of just need to not uh not interact with anybody outside of them so uh luckily it seems like the mandalorian dodged all of that and depending on season three and maybe the way uh the world hopefully starts improving soon maybe they'll be lucky enough to even dodge it for season three but man just go watch the mandalorian doc and see Mm. how quickly they can do shit on the fly in that volume screen man it just seems like get about like five healthy people and like one actor and you can film a whole episode it seems like so uh i'm 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 glad Uh, all i can say is i'm glad that i have something to look forward to in october yeah yeah that wasn't affected by that you know honestly they're probably doing a lot of writing and pre-production for season three but a lot of that you know it's video game technology uh powering a whole show uh which was cool to see uh but it also looked like you know the the the, other than all the actors they needed on set sometimes the crew was pretty minimal it didn't seem like there was a lot of people going on here like you don't have like eight people running the camera you have one person running the camera and everybody else controlling the computer behind it or the baby Mm -hmm. or or you know the uh the uh baby uh the child uh, well, actors the, with the, the robot. The child, yes. If you want to know more about that, I watched the uh, I watched the the physical. Uh, what what's that episode called? The one after technology. Um, just props? Did uh, they call it just props? It wasn't props. It, it, it yeah, no. But I'll, I'll think about it here in a second. But yeah, yeah. it's about the actual stuff they had on set. Yeah, so it was cool. That's when they really dive into the the puppetry, and it was it was it was funny. They'd be like, "Oh, I my name's Dave, and I work the eyes on Baby. So I'm just here with this giant remote control that just controls the eyes. Like, oh, I, I'm I'm Philip. I I work the ears and the feet. <laughs> it's just it was really funny how many people it takes to move this little baby around. Well, I think it was called physical. I think is what it might have been called. Um, oh yeah, maybe. But they also talked about how Werner Herzog was like directing the baby or like talking to the. the <laughs> thing like it was a person rather than the people controlling it so uh Mm -hmm. that's that was pretty fun i I really enjoyed that but uh mandalorian season two again we've got the documentary i think there's like maybe two episodes left or something like that uh been a good time really really enjoying that another show uh star wars related that's going to kick off probably when mandalorian a documentary wraps up is the star wars jedi temple challenge show which makes me what? gives me hidden uh, temple what? legend of the hidden temple vibes. What is this? What are you talking about right now? Have you not heard about this at all? No, okay. I don't know what you're talking about. So they, they announced you know, on I think it was back on Star Wars Day that there's a show coming to Disney Plus. It's a it's a kids um, who compete like uh, challenges uh, three three trials to become the the Jedi. Uh, or like oh. a Jedi through these, and it's like a game show kind of thing. Oh god! Well, I'm glad it's directed towards a uh, uh, children oh. because I, I I can't imagine. I, I mean, I can imagine adults doing this, but I don't think this would hold my attention very long. Oh no! I, it's all for kids, and there's a bunch of game shows on um uh there right now. A bunch of new ones. There's one about I forget. It's it's uh the I'm pretty sure it's the lady from Community. Um, and then there's a robot who is actually. Do you watch Flight of the Concords? Mm-hmm. Uh, their manager, who's also in Jumanji. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in... Did you watch Guns Akimbo, right? 
Uh, no, I haven't, oh. I haven't caught it yet. Okay, he, he's in that too. Um, but like that's weird. So I'm expecting a bunch of weird stuff. But Ahmed Best, who is known for playing Jar Jar Binks in the prequel trilogy, um, plays Keller and Beck, a Jedi Master who guides these players. So he's coming back into the Star Wars universe to be uh. a different character to help you know, guide <laughs> so these So I guess, I guess the only highlight is, he, is that they're going full Star Wars and putting a whole narrative around the show, just like how they put a whole narrative around um, the uh, Star Wars park yeah. in, in Disneyland. So I, I guess that that's kind of cool. Uh, oh, man, speaking of competition shows, uh, we briefly watched uh, Ultimate Tag, on Hulu, I don't know what network carries it, but it was up on Hulu, and it's an entire competition show, uh, just just begging for people to watch it uh, that don't have live sports to watch right now, of just a just grown adults running around like a, a gladiator style setup, running away from the quote unquote tag gladiators, trying not to get tagged. And it sounds like it could be fun, and it is fun, but the entire, like, you know, 42 minutes that's stretched into an hour really only has me about four true minutes of entertainment where you actually see them running around trying not to get tagged. Um, so I guess if you are really craving uh, something that's similar to Gladiators, go check out Ultimate yeah. Tag. But, uh, yeah, I don't think competition shows that don't involve cooking food are, are up my alley. Well, I'll tell you what, there is one I, that I think you're completely wrong. There's one that is, Mike, and uh, it's on my, it's on Curse Flicks. It's called MXC, Most Extreme Challenge. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's more the just comedy goldmine. I love MXC. It's great. Yeah, so it's all on there in case you get really bored. You can sign Ooh. into Chris Flicks and watch it. We, we turn that on yeah. when we don't want to watch anything. Uh, With the off brand humor of Mr. Gila douche. <laughs> yeah, G- Gila douche. Uh, oh but I mean, gosh. it's so funny because like that was a real game show called uh, Something's Cast, Someone's Castle or whatever. Uh, that they actually did air in America afterwards too. So it's, it's yeah, it's just I, I just love the ingenuity of the, the of it of just like we need to make a TV show. Let's just get the rights to some random Japanese show that no one's ever seen before and hire some people to you, dub over it. You know it's what that's called? Great. You you else that show that that's Power Rangers. Yeah, it's exactly what Power Rangers did. So, um, but yeah, Star Wars uh, Jedi Temple Challenge uh, on June 10th. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, rumor it's supposed to be filming again in July. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. it's in Prague. Uh, so Europe has little different rules on filming right now uh, than America does. Um, so that would be cool. But season two could have a different name than Falcon and Winter Soldier season two, which brings me to an interesting thought, Mike. All these Marvel shows should have a different season two title. Like, yeah, I was going to I was going to say that's the really big news right there because that's just basically saying uh you got two names in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if if it's if it's truly a season 2 and it has a different name, is it even really a season 2 at all? Yeah, well, it, well I think it could be like a, like you know how Captain America is is all the Marvel movies have subtitles, right? There's no numbers mm-hmm. in their title. I think it's going to be like that. So season two of this will be Winter Soldier and the Falcon, of course, because that's the, <laughs> the most logical step. No, or it could be uh, it could be Falcon and Crossbones. Yeah. You know, bringing Crossbones back well, into the fold, he becomes a good guy again. I don't know. But th- but that brings me to my next topic, WandaVision. You know, if they they solve this problem for Wanda and Vision in this, what would season two look like? Well, I mean, it could be an entirely different show title, right? It's still mm-hmm. Wanda and Vision, but they don't need to call it WandaVision season two. It'd be you know. Um, I, whatever they want to call themselves, I, I don't have a good name at the top of my my point here. But like, wouldn't I think that would make sense? Like, I don't need to see Loki and the Loki season two. What if like, you know, a Loki and Loki through time, or Loki and through the universe, or something? You know, the seasons mm-hmm. kind of given a different title based on what's going on would be kind of interesting. I think. I mean, 
any thoughts on those? Yeah, I mean, it it just uh, it sounds. I like the idea that uh, maybe that they'll be uh, like Kevin Feige has always said from the very beginning. These are going to feel more like TV shows than anything like. I mean, more like movies than anything else. So it makes sense to to treat it that way. And also, uh, luckily, Disney Plus has this playlist feature which they've been creating. So you know, if people get too confused. Just go check out the Falcon Winter Soldier playlist that I'm sure will organize it all thoughtfully, and you won't have to worry about what was named what. Yeah, but I, but I think also at the same time, like you give you have a chapter, like every Marvel movie has a chapter, right? Like we we call it Endgame. We know it's Avengers Endgame. But we don't call it Avengers mm. Four. So I think there's opportunity here to like everything's a chapter. Everything has its own unique name. Only Iron Man had sequentials, and that's because we did that before we even knew what we were, the hell we were doing. Oh man, Falcon and the Winter Soldier season two should be called Falcon and the Winter Soldier Prison Break or Falcon and the Winter Soldier The Raft. Electric Boogaloo. I want to go back to the raft so bad. I want some sort of I want some sort of giant, like, super uh, technology, inescapable prison that a hero has to escape. Well, I love that idea. Well, I think that would be a great Avengers movie breakout, just like Earth Minus Heroes did. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that'd be cool. That would be awesome. But you got to introduce all these other prisons before you do that. But mm-hmm. there's an opportunity here. But back to WandaVision. Actor Evan Peters has been cast in a mystery role. Do you remember Evan Peters in any Marvel movie yeah. recently? <laughs> he was in X-Men. Yes, he was the best part about... Um, x-men apocalypse uh the, almost like the last couple x-men movies well he wasn't in dark <laughs> yeah. phoenix they put they took him out like the first action scene um, yeah he's technically he's technically in it though he has like a little bit of a speed scene in the spaceship at the beginning but yeah then he's quickly taken care of when they're on like that new jersey neighborhood i don't even remember well, yeah when, when everybody died everyone was, yeah. was but he's again we always say that in apocalypse there's two good scenes that you can just watch on youtube and get the gist of the oh. movie um, one is him as Quicksilver running around. Um, the the was it the X Mansion is just blowing up, kind of uh-huh. thing, pulling people out. And the other one's Wolverine. Um, but um, he played Quicksilver in X Men. So interesting, we're getting Quicksilver in a Wanda Vision show here. Oh, this is not a regular Quicksilver who was in Age of Ultron briefly, uh, and then died. But you didn't see that coming. <laughs> but uh, was this like? Is he going to be playing a different character? Because obviously you don't put silver hair on him. He doesn't look the same. Or mm-hmm. is this our first instance of a multiverse or potential futures, you know, happenstances of, of, of mutants? Yeah, I mean, this is a unique case where it feels very binary. It's got to be one or the other, right? He's either an original character and they're just, he's a good actor, so let's just hire a good actor that to be on our show. Or uh, maybe, yeah, Multiverse of Madness, uh, which is coming up in Doctor Strange. That could be interesting. I feel like you got to do a lot of heavy lifting, possibly, uh, if he's going to have, like, a real role in it. Like, if it's just a cameo, yeah, he could kind of, like, just be in the background. Or maybe there's some sort of, like, weird, groovy, kaleidoscope special effect where you see all of these different realities. And then briefly you see Evan Peterson as Quicksilver. And then, oh, that's the cameo that everybody gets. But mm-hmm. if he's going to actually be Quicksilver from another dimension, I feel like there's got to be a lot of legwork done. Because you just can't assume everyone's going to know that, you know, somebody's going to have to sit down at a desk and write the words that explain this to people that just have not been catching up with X-Men, you know? Yeah, but also I don't think so. I think, I think that's the thing about Marvel. They, they're unapologetic about it. Like if you don't watch it, you're going to, they're good about explaining it in the moment, but they don't have to build the whole backstory because again, I I think, I think Quicksilver is cool and I think they could do it, but I think also at the same time, you don't say Evan Peters is in a mystery role. Like you just say, I mean, you wouldn't know about it if he was a cameo. I think but it's going to be bigger. The, 
at the same time, you're opening up a can of worms of a multiverse in general. Because is this a multiverse where just a, a totally different person becomes uh, Quicksilver? Because uh, technically, don't they canonically have the same names? Like they're the same people, but they're played by different actors. So it's not really an alternate version of uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Isn't, right. isn't that the guy who play, played it? It's not an alternate version because they don't look the same. They're not the ha- same well, human being. They kind of get into this complexities. If you if you watch like The Flash, it gets really confusing. It's just like, okay, well, this is an alternate world, but you're the Flash on this alternate world. But in this world, you, it, it just gets very confusing. So I, hopefully somebody can keep track of all that well, stuff. I mean, I don't. I mean, I really don't think it's that that hard. Like it's really like. Evan Peters was Quicksilver in the seventies, right? If if you came from this world where nobody else, no, like. Even in the X Men universe, Iron Man and, and Captain America, they didn't live. It's just a different world, and everything happened differently. You'd be like, okay, this guy came from like he's in the seventies or eighties, right? Like the the aging in the X Men universe and continuity is fucking awful. Um, but if you're like, okay, this guy can run really fast and has these similar powers, like you'd be like, okay, is this like is she watching him do something different? Or is she interacting? Oh, if you if you know this is a different world where mutants existed or something like people with powers are very common, uh, like yourself. You know you could be very happy here. Like if Mephisto's dealing with this, I think there's an opportunity to say you know it's not necessarily like um what the Hulk did with what's her face um Tilda Swinton's character uh, with the the time gym where you take this gym out and it's a whole it's a you know we're diverging with the same people. I think it's like this is a multiverse of a different person of a different world with different everything. Um, and you can kind of hop around a little bit without having to say this is it because there's no again no consequences for them over there uh, in the X Men universe. You know why? Because it's done for. They it's done. Well, until uh, yeah, New Mutants is done, uh, but it's done for at this point. So um, I, I think yeah, I think I, there's an opportunity here for them to play with it if they want to. But again, I think if they say Evan Peters is in a mystery role, he's not Quicksilver. Yeah, so I mean, I, ju- I just looked up the two Quicksilvers just to see canonically what their names were in the film. So in yeah. Age of Ultron, he was Pietro Maximoff, uh, Maximoff, which is connected to the comic books. And in X-Men Apocalypse, he was Peter. So Peter could technically just be a short term. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember all the little story details of Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, but technically they're both Maximoffs. So it's just like, well, why in two different realities do you look totally different? So Yeah, but one, but mean, one has Magneto. I, I, I'm not the and one got their powers from the cube in the like the 2000s. Yeah, but I'm just glad I'm not the writer that has to get paid to figure all this stuff out. Oh, I don't think we'll figure out. Like, okay, well, here's a different world, and this guy's in here now. He can run fast. Chris, I'm already confused. Yeah, I know you are. It's fine. What's even more confusing is there are companies called the Wanda Group. They're a Hong Kong-based company based on like plastics and trinkets, and they're trying to dispute the WandaVision trademark with Disney. What? (laughs) <laughs> how, how do you even do that? Like, we're the Wanda group, and we don't like you using WandaVision as a TV show. Like, how does that even work? <laughs> and you're fighting Disney. Who has money? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. And also, plus, it's 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 like Hong Kong, so uh, you're you're already in, like, a different part of the world, well, so it's just kind of like, well, do we but, even really need to uh, uh, really listen well, to you at but, all? <laughs> well, but, but here, here's the thing. They also, they have, because they ship to you, they have U.S. holdings. Like, this does... Uh, uh, affect the u.s as well trademark like mm-hmm. it's not just the trademark in hong kong because i don't think trademark laws in every country is different but like because they they do deal work in america they have a trademark here and that will affect that if it wins but i think they'll settle it like this is just a I mean, really interesting like thing like why would you go up against disney for the weirdest name in the world 
that nobody even liked to begin with. Yeah, even if it was the other way, even if, like, Disney was the one suing them, I would think it's bullshit either way because uh, I was telling you off the mic earlier that I ate a frozen pizza for lunch today, and on the frozen pizza, it had chicken on it, and up in the corner on the box, it said, made with natural chicken, and, of course, there's an asterisk next to the word word natural, so you're like, wait a minute, I got to figure out what this asterisk around the word natural is, and you go down to the other corner of the box, and and it says the word natural is like a registered trademark. It's like, no, you can't register the word natural chicken as a trademark. That's bullshit. This is food that I eat i don't want to have registered trademarks on simple words so like wanda's is just a name and wandavision i'm looking at it right now in the text is literally smashed together into one word there's not even a space in the middle of it it's all dumb it's all <laughs> stupid i hope they all waste their money fighting yeah <laughs> if it was identical and it would cause confusion i get it but like I, i'm not gonna ever confuse wandavision with a group that makes little <laughs> trinkets like party favors I've never heard of before. So uh, it's all dumb. They just want the publicity. Hey, we gave it to them. We did. <laughs> we just talked about them for like what two minutes. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> DC Comics is doing something interesting that that's gonna cause a, a big stir and some publicity. They've ended their deal with the only North American comic distributor, Diamond um, Comic Diamond Something Distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, which you may not know, but like they're literally the only company that gives comic books to stores and like collectibles and like. Other than Funkos, like if you get something in the comic book store, Diamond has to give them to the store, um, which was a monopoly and a motherfucker all around, <laughs> um, to put it nicely. But apparently, during the the, the 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 pandemic, COVID has stopped distribution and payment to the publishers, uh, which is a big problem if you're the only company delivering. So all distribution stopped, and now you can't pay the people who you're taking the product from to deliver. What are you gonna do as 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 a as a comic creator or a comic book store what do you do in that situation i i mean i just hope help hope overall no matter how the dust settles what happens that uh, comic book stores are still safe and happy and can still thrive because the ones that are, are, are still existing out there i'm sure that it's uh, tight for them every month especially now during a. Uh, during this pandemic, you know, because I've I've heard a lot of the strategies for comic book stores is to pivot. You know, if you're not selling as many comic books, maybe clear up some space in the back of the comic book store so people can come in and play D&D or play these other like tabletop games and, you know, open up that space to bring more people in. Uh, so, I mean, if, if Diamond had this big uh, stranglehold over them, you know, hopefully this possibly improves well, things. But it, it, it sounds to me from somebody that doesn't doesn't know a whole lot about comic book distribution, this sounds like almost like a very old business model yes it almost it almost kind of sounds like when somebody tells you like oh i don't work for coca-cola but i work at a coca-cola coca-cola bottling plant and it's just like really they don't control the whole flow from beginning to end they pay a totally different company to bottle their syrup and soda it just sounds it just sounds very old style distribution of at one point in time uh dc comics was just like hey we're really good at writing and drawing comics but we have no clue how to ship it to stores but now there's like so many different tools and technologies that can just ship stuff i'm just surprised that diamonds even needed well diamond was i mean it's only because they were the only company no one would step up to deliver these and i'm sure there was some sort of some sort of deals behind the table to reduce the cost of distributional logistics right mm-hmm. um and because of that you know you literally only have one middleman and when your middleman fails you everyone has to pivot and find a new so dc has found a new company um that del- used to deliver smaller stuff i uh, wd um or idw is going with another 
uh, a, a different way to, to handle stuff. I mean, next, I, I, I assume Marvel is big enough to create their own if they even wanted to with, with some of the Disney money. So I think Diamond um, is going to have less of that hold and less of the control because I did, you know, I used to work at a comic book store doing videos, right, for three years. Mm-hmm. Diamond would always mess stuff up and then never take ownership. They would ship entire boxes of the wrong material to a store and expect them to pay for it. Like, they were a horrible company all around for yeah, logistics. Yeah. It seems like they were possibly, uh, you might have a closer relationship with Diamond if you're somebody that's like a weekly reader that has like a poll at your yeah. comic book store. But, I mean, uh, it was never few, good. It like, was never a good bit of news if you heard the word Diamond. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, from the communities that I follow for comic books, you know, if I'm on Reddit and I see people posting pictures of their collections on their shelves, they always have, like, these big volumes and trades that I'm sure that they just probably bought on Amazon, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, but, like, I have a feeling, like, Diamond's not, not, that, int- not that integral in that part because I, you don't necessarily need Diamond to ship a pallet of uh, trades to an Amazon warehouse. Anybody can do that, so... Right, but but, uh, yeah, but, I mean, but Amazon's taking a bigger <laughs> cut than Diamond is if you're the publisher. So that I think that was the thing. But I think I think this is gonna be great. We're gonna see new ways comic books and and action figures and stuff get to comic book stores, and probably you know more variety and more pricing options all around. Mm-hmm. Or everyone's gonna go digital. One of the two. I don't know which one it is yet. <laughs> uh, but uh, DC is the first one to, to make the blow, which is surprising because they're years behind Marvel when it comes to everything comic book printed so mm-hmm. um, that, that's really interesting but speaking of DC characters Mike uh, Kate Kane Batwoman uh, who was played by Ruby Rose who left whether that's good or bad we don't know uh, will mm-hmm. not be recast they will be replacing Batwoman with a different character all around it will still be Batwoman but not the Kate Kane version played by yeah Ruby I Rose. actually I find that uh, pretty surprising because just from the reports that uh, we've been talking about, it seems like this was a pretty hard exit, pretty contentious maybe uh, uh, deal. So it seems like Ruby Rose does not want to step back on set. So I always try to think about the transitional you know, moments. I'm sure they can write a new character that's not Katie Kane that can put on the suit and just go out into Gotham and kick butt. I don't think that's uh, that's the issue there. But I think it's like, how do you make that tra- that uh, transition at the beginning of the next season? Mm-hmm. Is somebody just going to go on screen and go, oh my God, uh, Kate Kane died. She's missing. We're never going to see her again. What are we going to do? Hey, you look like you're the same size. Will you put this suit on and just keep this well, story going? Well, uh, my so I was reading an article today about the interview with the, the showrunner. And who went to, um, who, it's not, is it Berlanti who's in charge of this one yeah. or, or mm-hmm. was it Guggenheim? It's, yeah, it's a uh, Berlanti. Show. Okay. So, um, they went, it was actually his idea to do it. Um, they'd actually written like two or three scripts for the new season, uh, mm-hmm. with her, with Ruby Rose or Kate Kane in mind, but he was like, no, let's replace it and start over. So they've actually had to sc- scrap or retool a few scripts for this, which is interesting. Um, but you know, at the same time, this is a universe where worlds collide, aliens abduct people. Um, who knows what happens with this character? Yeah. Uh, Eric does it's, it, but yeah, it's a unique opportunity to pivot the style of character that it is too. Because from the reports that I read, it seems like they're looking for a character that's going to be just uh, a different, totally different personality. They're just not trying to replace Kate Kane with like uh, Jane Smith that has yeah. the exact same personality. You know, it seems like they're going to go in a different direction. So, 
you know, uh, who who knows? I mean, definitely a lot more people are talking about Batwoman than they were oh, before. Oh, geez, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'd be more interested to see season two than yeah, season I one mean, at this point. Li- like you said, uh, you told me that at the very end of the first season, we got a we got a surprise look at Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, obviously it's not really Bruce Wayne, but it is indeed his face. Seems like that would have made a lot of news, and I didn't hear about it until you told me. But everyone's been talking about uh, Ruby Rose leaving Batwoman, so who knows? Like, like we said... Uh, like we said earlier with wander group maybe all press is a good press yeah right well we're also scraping the bottom of the barrel for a lot of these these things as well but uh batwoman uh season two new character new thing but speaking of bottom of the barrel mike our last bit of news here is there was a spin-off film focused on bane that was pitched after the Joker success. <laughs> of course, this this feels very much like uh, X Men Origins. Uh, you know, uh, like they always say like the that our uh, X Men the new class was originally pitched as like Magneto Origins. Yeah. So it seems like they were going to do Wolverine. They were going to do Magneto. Who else could they pull off? So just imagine all of the other pitches that they did over at Fox oh, for yeah. more origin X Men films. The Gambit this Origin kinda, movie. You know, we need that. <laughs> yes, exactly. This seems very much in the same vein of just like man we hit gold with the joker but it's like you got to realize why you hit gold with the joker it was because you told a very resonating story with a very iconic (laughs) character like i don't think you're gonna get the same out of bane you know you you told taxi driver and made it into a comic book movie um Mm -hmm. with bane what do you do What, what what story is this a very large um guy in a uh you know a what's a the luchador outfit who gets mm-hmm. this stuff called venom pumped into his body? What do you do with that? Like, I don't know. Is this venom? Did we just describe yeah. venom the movie? <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm guessing probably the story that would be told here would be like a gritty addiction story of how addiction uh, really just uh, takes you it, over the edge. But um, but who 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 knows what's happening over at Warner Brothers nowadays? Well, We're getting the Snyder Cut. They're trying to reboot well, stuff like Snyder that. Snyder Cut's not Warner. Uh, Snyder Cut's not not the this the studio thankfully that's just hbo max so they're it's they're all it's it's all yeah but it's all different people you're talking <laughs> to you're not going to the top and be like yeah i want this Snyder Cut. i think what i would love to see out of this is a um a riddler dark and gritty origin story mike Let, tell me a riddler story out of this where he he's a failed comedian who can't tell jokes until the jokes wait that's a joker yeah that's the joker. anyway well it's, it's always funny because right now did you ever batman forever right the third batman movie Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face. They're both playing their versions of the Joker, but labeled as different characters. <laughs> Just go back and watch that. You you will see Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Two Face is never laughing. Why is he laughing so much in this movie? Like he's playing, you know, his Joker, but as Two Face, and Jim Carrey's playing the Riddler's Joker. It's, it's crazy. I like that movie because I saw the drive-in when I was younger. <laughs> also, we were children. That's yes, why we liked the movie. Exactly. Because we went out and we got the action figures right after that. But, it, oh, man, I'm so glad you brought up Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> because before we leave this topic, I made a huge stink about this on the podcast like months ago where my wife and I sat down and watched Dante's Peak. And I told everybody, you got to go out there and watch Dante's Peak. And next up on the lineup was Volcano, the two competing volcano movies of uh-huh. the 90s. And we finally got around to watching Tommy Lee Jones' Volcano, which is set in 90s Los Angeles. And, man, it didn't hold up as much as I thought it was going to be. Uh, So if you're looking for a premium 90s volcano experience, I think you're going to have a better time with Dante's Peak than Volcano. What about the core? uh, Oh, (laughs) we actually watched the core, too. We've been going through... um, 
We've been going through just kind of like junk food movies recently to kind of uh, pick up our spirits. And the core is actually the core is actually kind of fun, even though it's totally scientifically inaccurate. It could never happen. It hits all of the right disaster movie beats just at the right moments, just at the right uh, the stupidity. I, I, we talked about this last week because I I totally forgot Stanley Tucci was in uh, Captain America: First <laughs> Avenger because Stanley Tucci was in that movie. But yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, Volcano, Two Face. What can't he do? Men in Black. He's all over the place. He's always looked old, too. Yeah. Like, man, this is 90s Tommy Lee Jones, and he looks like 2020 Tommy Lee Jones. And he, always, he, he always looks like he's disappointed in you as well. Like Tommy Lee Jones was also in Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to oh say, God, all, I was going to wait for this. Com- <laughs> it's all coming together, man, right at the end of the podcast. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Fugitive. I downloaded The Fugitive for someone the other day. He was in that one. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Tommy Lee Jones is Bane. Old man Bane. That's why we oh do it. Oh my gosh, yes. That's where you take it. It's not the origin of Bane. It's, it's Bane as he's been forever. Yeah. And he looks into a wine glass and we see him look back at his life yeah. over the years. Oh No, man. no, no. Don't do that. Do it Logan style. But Bane oh, is Tommy Lee Jones. One, one last ride. Yeah. He gets it. He takes that last hit of venom that he's been hiding underneath, like the yeah. floorboards in his like dusty old house. And his in the heart desert. stops when it's done because his body oh just couldn't take gosh. it no more. We are pitching it right now, yeah. and we set this one in the future, much like Logan. So you did Joker in the past, you do Bane in the future, and then you put uh, you put that new Batman movie somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's you. You, you pick which Batman. In, it's gonna be a, a choose your own Batman adventure for this movie oh just 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 give the middle finger to everybody and make it the george clooney batman you know, oh and he's got like an old photo album you, like you know, bane like bane george was clooney. in the george clooney movie batman and robin yeah that's true and he goes to he goes to like uh he, he's got to go buy something at the store so he's got to dust off his batman credit card oh yeah and it's like decline and he's like no i'm poor too it, i'm poor and an addict i'm dying oh uh, it's it's wow. great we, we got we can bring back arnold as mr freeze an old mr freeze man this Even is why older. you too this is why you stay tuned to the yeah. end of the podcast every week because you get gold like this because our our will to do this just drops at the end and the last <laughs> item is always the worst one uh Ooh. but man this is fun I'm, I'm really enjoying this now so all right we'll leave it here we'll, we'll sit we'll sit on this we'll write it down before someone else steals our idea and uh-huh. put, put it uh we'll trademark it with the wanda group and see how this <laughs> goes uh mike that's the show though we're gonna end it here we're gonna go do our things gonna edit this up put it online but if people know what you're doing where can they find you at buddy Oh, that's so easy to do. Find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. I'm probably going to put these floors up sometime whenever I get, you know, energy to, to do it. <laughs> uh, you guys can see that. Head over to Comic UI. People know more about what we're doing, uh, where they can listen to our show every week. Where can they find us at? Oh, so easy to do. All you have to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. If you want to catch up on all the things that we just talked about, you need our show notes, and you hit that at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts like this. 
And you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and get merch slash swag at superheroslate.com slash store. Uh, we love hearing from you. We love it when you guys reach out. Tell us what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you're thinking of. Uh, the There's a new Run to Jewels album that just mm-hmm. came out. Uh, they were very heavy on repeat during uh, the Black Panther movie that came out a few years ago. So uh, I, I've been meaning to check that out. So Pretty uh, good. Guys have any, if you guys have any music recommendations, I think that's that's always a great way to lift your spirits in these trying times. I know myself, since I don't have a commute, I just, I'm listening to a lot less audio and like music used to literally make me feel good. If you listen to just a really good song, it totally changes your mood around. So I'm, I'm always down for uh, music recommendations. Uh, so like we said, we love hearing from you. Uh, and if you want to be a super fan of this show, so easy to do. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, Chris. And that includes next week, and we'll see you then. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. It's a massacre. The bloodiest podcast we ever did. <laughs>